Welcome to the REI Foundation Podcast, where we cover all the steps and strategies to make your real estate dreams a reality. Now your hosts, Jason and Peely. So before we dive into the show, we wanted to say thank you so much to all the listeners out there. It's always great to have you dive in with us on all these great topics we were to have able to have three times a week. And if you want to hear more about us, go to urusiholdings.com. You can find everything about us from projects we're working on, more about our team members, how we break it up, and all the resources we offer. And if you want to invest, learn more about investing with us there. Also, make sure to check out our multifamily meetup if you're local here in New Jersey. We run the New Jersey Multifamily Investment Meetup, and it happens to be every second Tuesday of the month uh, here in North Central Jersey. So if you're in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, make sure to check it out. And lastly, if you want to learn more about investing in apartment buildings, go to multifamilyfoundation.com. All right, check out the show. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Real Estate Investing Foundation podcast. Happy to have you. Happy to be here today. Thank you so much for listening. And for everyone listening, do us a huge favor. Check us out on YouTube if you're listening to us on iTunes and vice versa. If you're on YouTube, go over to see iTunes. Give us a rating and review. It definitely helps the metrics. But we are insanely happy and excited to have this guest on today, James Kandasami. James, how are you? Hey, Jason. Uh, I'm very good. Uh, happy to be here on your podcast. Good. So we are take three working this out here. So we are very excited that we've gotten this together here. Everything's uh -huh. worked out. <laughs> your way. So a little bit about James. James is the CEO of Achieve Investment Group, LLC. His pragmatic skills and solid communication, interpersonal, analytic, and organizational leadership skills, as well as his deep-rooted background in real estate investments, are what makes him unique. And so he's got a bachelor's degree in electrical engineering from the University of Science Malaysia, an MBA from the University of South Australia. He holds prestigious CCM designations as well, and with over six years in real estate with more than four years in multifamily acquisitions and asset management. James complements his ability and drive to offer clients firsthand vertically integrated services in multifamily investment, finding off-market deals, asset construction, and property management. Well, that, that's quite, I know we talked a little bit offline that you're about <laughs> 1,300 units, but well-traveled as well. So welcome to the show. Really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I appreciate to be here too. So yeah, that's what it is, right? So so with this background here, we, mm -hmm. we're, you know, mm -hmm. lecture engineer, we, we're, we're talking to different fields. You go, where was the pivot that you say, I want to start investing in real estate and why did that come about? I think uh, I worked 22 years in the corporate world and uh, it's always, I'm always an entrepreneur, right? Uh, even during the college time, uh, someone, my, one of my friends reminded me that I used to sell shirts, right? In, in my college, I used to buy, you know, a white shirt, you know, with one or two prints and uh, buy it for like $10 and sell it for like $5. No, ten, three for $10 and sell each one of it like for $5. So I do make money. So I, I someone just reminded me and it's very interesting that that he reminded me because I was telling him I'm doing real estate now and he's my fellow engineer, right? Uh, and he reminded me, hey, you know, you started doing business when you're in college. So I realized all my ventures has been business and I like to, even during my working time, I like to do new stuff. So I like to go in, into departments, which is more like a startup where things are being, a lot of problems are being solved, right? And I get bored when all problems are solved and we're on maintenance mode. I really get bored. And, um, you know, after 22 years, I used to, go from one department to one department looking for the startup problematic you know departments to solve problems 
Um, and uh, I know I just can't do that all the time because then I'll be keep on moving departments or moving companies, right? So, um, and at some point when I moved to the US, my boss told me that, James, you have to work another 16 more years in this company. I say, why? Uh, because you have to support all your kids' education. And that's where, and I say, how much is the kids' education here? I say 200 to 300 degree i say wow that's a lot of money <laughs> i no. better not i can't do i can't do corporate work anymore right because uh, corporate work you know there's always a ceiling on your job on, on your pay right and you can't really save right so even though i was paid very well as a as a senior manager uh, and i was doing very well in my company um i realized you know i can't just do this right so so i started doing uh, with my wife uh, um you know single family and you know started moving to multifamily that's what happened amazing and when you started with the single family you, what was the realization how long did it take that you wanted to go into larger properties well we want to go directly into larger properties but the problem is we don't have the equity right um we only started with uh, $50,000 right in the beginning because uh, we moved to the U.S. We don't have enough saving. We bought a house. Uh, house costs a lot here and all the money goes in there. And my money coming out from my pay doesn't really support a lot of savings. So every time we save, we spend it. Every time we save, even though I was paid well, I mean, yeah. you know, it's always a, a chicken and egg situation in terms of the pay, right? It's a bit hard to save and you have to skimp and so much things. So, um. So I realized, uh, actually, I've, sorry, I may have missed out the question. I, I was going there, but I forgot the question. What was the question again? No, it was your transition that you jumped from your corporate world to single family, but then moved to multifamily. Why? Oh, yeah, multifamily. Correct. So we started doing single family. Uh, so I needed the equity, right? So I started doing single family, right? Uh, by, by doing, um, buying and renting it and then uh, flipping it in a few years and not flipping it, flipping it in terms of cash out refi. So we did a few cash out refi on our single family portfolio. But once come to 10, then we are limited, right? Because now you have Fannie Mae who can give only like 10 single family loans, right? I didn't, I didn't want to go and do this weird uh, bridge loans or portfolio loans. So I realized that, okay, now I had, we accumulated out of 11 houses, we accumulated almost 400,000. And now I, I know I have a good equity to start on multifamily. So... So that's where I started moving out, cashing out from my single family to my multifamily stage because of the limit in the single family. There's a lot of people listening that want to make that same transition, but they're worried about that learning curve. How, how, how were you fluent and able to make that jump from the single family to the multifamily? I had a mentor and I had a gut to <laughs> jump over. A lot of people, I mean, even, even now, right? Even on multifamily, right? Some people studies multifamily years and years and years, but never take action, right? And... Um, and you just have to, you know, trust your gut and make the leap, right? Uh, you have to make the leap, right? There's no way market, people say market is too hot. And let me tell you, even when I started in 2015 and 2013, market was hot too, right? So you just have to find, you just have to find ways to move ahead, right? You just have to break your mindset. The key thing is making, breaking your mindset. A lot of blocks is all on the mindset, right? And I just uh, said, okay, I'm going to go break into this multifamily and I didn't want to go through the normal route, which is going to brokers and looking at deals on the market. At that time, LoopNet was still available. I mean, even still available right now, but at that time you're still able to find one, one Z, two Z deals, but I could never find deals in LoopNet. Right. So I started doing direct marketing um, to sellers, multifamily sellers, right. Even the small uh, multifamily sellers are able to 
respond to your uh, to your marketing. So that's how I got started by by going direct to the sellers in uh, multifamily. So, so many people say that it's so easy to do it at the single family, but you can't do that to multifamily for X reasons. What, what, is, uh, what has made you so successful in that niche? Uh, because I believe I can do it. I so that. a lot of people think that they cannot do it because they've never done it and never tried it, right? And maybe they've tried it one time, two times, right? So, but the thing is, they don't really believe in it, right? So, so you have to believe in it, right? So I took, it almost took me uh, six to eight months when I said, I'm going to start multifamily, when I start marketing you know it was really hard work right um, but it takes like six to eight months to find that one deal and once you find that one deal we were able to break into multifamily right so once you become a multifamily guy by by working really hard uh, by taking the non-traditional approach uh, which will never work nowadays right uh, the traditional approach is going with brokers right i mean as i said brokers are going to give you the worst deal of the deal the worst deal of all the deals that they have because they have fiduciary responsibility to give the best deals to the best guys who are experienced who are closing at the same time um, you know um, they do not want to they do not want to risk their deals with some newbies who's coming and coming out from a, a boot camp or learning right so so we went through the traditional route and we we're able to start and you can definitely start it it's just a matter of a mindset thing would have been the key word you did off market deals um can you hold on let me take care of my dog <laughs> okay go ahead so, uh, what was the question again so, so what have been the key ways to find your off market deal uh can you stop the recording let me just take care of my dog okay go no 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 so we'll, we'll jump back okay in there. okay so, go ahead. i'll go back to that question so mm-hmm. in terms of finding off market deals would have been the best practices to do this um, I have, I have done all of the three that I'm going to mention. One is called yellow letter marketing, just basically sending a yellow letter. I mean, it's not really a yellow letter for multifamily. You want to send a more professional letter, right? But the strategy is the same. Second is we do a call calling. Third is we do something called text blasting, right? Where we text blast to sellers. So these three things, you know, hopefully you cast a wide enough net to find that one one guy who want to sell you a deal, right? And it, could, it, it may not work a lot in the 200 unit and above space, but I think it'll work uh, like, you know, 50 to 100 unit space because you still fi- find mom and pop and um, sellers in that space. The first deal you found, what was the method that got the deal across your desk? Uh, I believe it was tax blasting. Tax blasting, awesome. Yep. And yep. Did you get the, did you do the negotiation across text message? No, no, no. <laughs> you <laughs> have to do it on the phone. So it was very weird, uh, very weird uh, negotiation because the guy who responded to me was not the seller, but he's a seller's uh, you know, agent kind of thing. Um, he's not really an agent, but he's like works for the seller, but they are, they're all real estate people. They're all real estate agents, right? It's just, they have never done multifamily. They are more land developers, right? Um, so, you know, there's a lot of people who like to do this multifamily while doing something else. They say, hey, multifamily sounds cool. Let's go and do that. And they regret it. So even though they are very, very highly, you know, real estate professional people. So, yeah, we negotiated on the phone once after the text message chat is done. You give us a case study in that first project. What would it look like? What would you do with the property? Or are you still hold it today? 
Uh, we still have it until now. It's, it's almost four years right now. So it's a uh, 45 units. We bought it at 35 a door, uh, which was at market rate because based on the cap rate, it was at market at that time. Uh, but 35 a door, I bought it. If I've gone, if it would have gone through brokers, I'm sure it can go up to like 50 or 55 a door. Well, we got 35 a door because we're buying directly from the sellers. And sellers goes on market cap rate. And that was the cap rate of that deal when it was sold to me. Um, so we refied it in 12 months at 58 a door. We pulled out almost 117% out uh, because there was so much of value in it. And we still keep it until now. If, we, if I sell it today, we'll make really good money. But uh, it's, a, it's a high cash flowing, fully leased right now. Uh, it's just a bit small right now. So... So, um, you know, so we are still having it uh, because we have like 1,300 units right now, right? 45 units can be a, a pain right now to manage, right? But still going very well right now. We are like 95, 96% occupied, high cash flowing. We have an agency debt on it right now. So you're vertically integrated, handling in-house property management, construction, of course, asset management. Did you do that from day one or did you do that by, by within the process? We started from day one. Um, yeah, we started from day one. We took a, a painful uh, slowness in our growth, right? Um, I mean, a lot of sponsors will will use third party because they want to keep on buying, right? But we took the slow approach of, uh, you know, buying it, establishing our property management company, um, and then uh, buying it slowly next one and doing it one by one. So it took exactly every six months, we buy one deal at that time. Do you feel that if you started over, you would do that same thing? Or, or do you think third party could be a viable option? A third party can be a viable option if you can find the right third party. Um, and if you're not good at property management, right? So, so between me and my wife, my wife is very strong in property management and construction, whereas I'm good at underwriting and finding deals. So if my wife is not there, I probably just give it to third party, right? Because uh, you, you, you need a very specific skill to do property management. It's not for everybody. What do you think those skills are that someone really needs to have on their side to be able to handle property management effectively? <laughs> I've asked my wife. <laughs> You're basically asking me to describe my wife, but, but basically, <laughs> basically the skills are, you know, you have to be very strong with people management, right? And you have to be very resistant with your process um uh just working with contractors you know it, it's, it's such a pain um you know you have to be able to deal with problems you know how you deal with it and i think people in that skill they just have certain intuition that you know it's a bit hard to get you know for a normal for people who doesn't have that skill right uh, the certain intuition on where the problems are how to solve it um you know, property management is, is a lot of problem, a lot of HR problems, a lot of people problems. And if you enjoyed working on that part, yeah, then you like it. Otherwise, uh, you might as well uh, do like what I do, underwriting <laughs> and finding deals and a lot of analytical stuff, right? So <clears throat> as you've grown your portfolio from the 45 unit up to 1300 units now, how have you had to expand your team to be able to handle all these capacities? Yeah, yeah. We have like 30 people right now in our team. We just hired a few corporate employees to help us at the corporate level. Uh, 30 people, majority of them are property managers and maintenance. But right now we have a regional. We just hired a few bookkeepers to do our books. Uh, you know, we used to outsource that. And, um, you know, that's, that's it right now for now. And from an engineering side that you handle the underwriting, what are, what are some of the key metrics you really hone in on and focus on to make sure this deal pencils out for you? 
key metrics at the high level uh, you need to make enough money for my investors to invest at the same time um, so for example our irr usually is like 18 to 20% what we look for 21% i need to have a, a good value add component to it i i usually try not to buy deals without value add i mean sometimes you can do that kind of deals where there's very very small value add uh, it's highly cash flowing everything's done you can always use debt strategy to you know get returns but I, I don't know. My thinking is there's so much of so little buffer in that kind of deals. When the market turns, you know, your DSCR is at risk, right? You're you know, servicing your debt. So I like to buy value at deals where I can push up my NOI and my, I have a big buffer between my NOI and my DSCR uh, uh, ratio, right? So when you do that, you know, if the market tanks, you know, I have that buffer to, you know, cover for me, right? So it's a bit harder project in terms of value add compared to high cash flowing deals uh, but i think i just i just feel comfortable building that buffer between uh, you know servicing the debt versus the noi looking at your success and your track record there's so many people complaining that deals cannot be found these days but you are finding those deals i think i know that answer but how, are you, <laughs> how, are you how do i what how are you doing this effectively when everybody's telling, telling you you can't? Uh, just looking at more deals. Um, just looking at more deals at the same time. Uh, since we have come to this stage, uh, there's a lot of brokers who you know trust us, but trust us and give us deals. But they only the local brokers, right? So, for example, I buy a lot in San Antonio, even though I'm from Austin, and and I recently I got a deal in Austin. So now I'm a player in Austin, right? So, so you know you're it's just a matter of building up that credibility with brokers. And uh, I think first deal is always the hardest, right? And and the way I would suggest is never look for brokers to give you first deal. Um, look for different methods. Um, I mean, deal is a deal, but whether it's a good deal or not a bad deal, nobody, nobody really distinguishes that. Right. So, so yeah, once you establish that credibility, then, you know, the deal starts coming to you, but you know, you have to underwrite a lot of deals to find that one deal that meets your, your own requirement. I love that. Transitioning a little, mm -hmm. you've talked a lot about your journey here. Uh, mm -hmm. You have a routine that makes you most productive in your day. Yes, mm, early morning, you know, affirmation. Um, I used to do, you know, a lot of meditation and focus and all that. I need to get back into that routine. I've become a bit lazier recently. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I think doing that definitely keeps you focused and doing the most important thing in the mo early morning itself, it's uh, makes a lot of difference. Do you have a business philosophy or, or motto? Um, well, I mean, business philosophy or motto, that's a good question. Uh, well, it's more of like, a, you know, if it, if it, you know, it's basically, I would say that you have to treat your business as a service to others, right? Um, so like we are here, we are servicing our residents, right? We're taking a, a distressed property or property which needs help and we are, we are servicing to them, right? At the same time, we're also serving our, our passive investors, right? A lot of passive investors, they're very, very appreciative when we give them money back because, you know, not everybody rich, you know, uh, you know, um, it's uh, not everybody rich, uh, what you call, uh, you know, they can, they can make money easily, right? But when we make money for them, they're really, really appreciative, right? So, so I really like 
the service part to the others thing, right? And and we also give donations basically to others based from our business. So basically, if you think if you take that business as a service to others, you'll make a lot of money, right? So a lot of people approach it the other way around, right? They want to make money and give the service, right? So so a lot of people who did that have not found deals right now. I mean, think about it. I mean, just go and do it as a service to others, then you probably can find your deal. Okay, that's how the law of karma works. That's right. And just end this point. Thank you for that. <laughs> for someone listening today that that's on the sideline and maybe you're just told that they need to work another 15, 16 years to be able to handle their point. And they, they, they want to take a different step to their journey and they, they know real estate's the way. What would be an actionable step they could take today to start the real estate journey? Um, find someone can, that can hold you accountable. I mean, a lot of people want to get started First of all, they have to really find out whether they really want to do it or not, right? So really, 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 they want to do it or not. A lot of people really do not want to do it, right? They want to do it, but yeah, but I don't want to do it. I got too much work, right? Uh, I, I'm busy with my work. I'm busy with my family, right? So basically, they're basically saying that I'm not, I, didn't, I do not really want to do it, right? So, so people who really, really want to do it, like when I was started doing this, when I was started ramping my acquisition, I wake up at 4.30 in the morning and I do my I used to do a W2 job until like one year ago where I resigned. Um, I used to work really, really hard from early morning uh, on my business and late night and we used to work and because and, and, you really, really want to do it, right? So if, if you're not doing all that, then you're really not really want to do it, right? You can go for meetups, you can go for networking, you can go for conference, you know, but all that's for fun, right? So you have to put in the effort like nobody else, right? So if you're not doing that, then you are not, you really do not want to do it. That's the first thing. Uh, second is find someone to hold you accountable, right? Um, like for example, right now, um, I'm, I'm paying a personal trainer to make sure that I'm accountable for my, for my health, right? And I can say, why should I pay this guy? I can do it myself, right? I can just go pay, you know, a very small membership amount and go and uh, do it, right? But but without that person, I probably would not do it, right? I just do not take it seriously. I mean, that person holding me accountable on a weekly basis, right? So a mentor or someone that's going to be holding you accountable is why, you know, people exist, right? As a mentor or a coach, right? So you have to find that person to hold you accountable and guide you through and push you and all that. Um, so these two things will, will, will take you far in, uh, in your real estate journey. Absolutely invaluable points. Well, James, thank you so much for coming on the show. For others that want to find out more about you and what you're doing, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Uh, they can come to my website, uh, james at achieveinvestmentgroup.com, james at achieveinvestmentgroup.com. Oh, sorry, my, that's my email. My website is achieveinvestmentgroup.com, right? So the other place where you can find me very active is on Facebook. I have a Facebook group called Multifamily, Multifamily Investors Group. Multifamily Investors Group, there's like 1,000 people right now. We just launched it like two months ago and we have like 1,000 people. Uh, we only talk about knowledge sharing over there. There's no spam. There's no brokers coming and selling deals there. There's no lenders advertising their, their <laughs> own. <laughs> so it's very highly moderated group, um, but very uh, high quality conversation happening. And and I would recommend if anybody want to jump into multifamily, go and get my book, my best-selling book, which I just launched like two months ago. It's called uh, Passive Investing in Commercial Real Estate, The Insider Secrets to Financial Independence. It's on Amazon. Uh, the book name again is uh, Passive Investing in Commercial Real Estate. 
right? Um, it's an Amazon. I have Audible version. I have a physical book version. I have a Kindle book version. So go and get that. And these are the few places where they can find me and, and, and on my LinkedIn as well. Awesome. Well, James, thank you so much for that. And definitely go check out his book, Passive Investing in Commercial Real Estate. You can, as you said, you can find it on Amazon and a number of different platforms. A ton of great feedback here from just taking your steps going from a corporate job into the single family space and making that jump into the multifamily space and how you use the single family space to be able to leverage yourself to get to the multifamily space, being vertically integrated, finding a small apartment building and allowing that small, smaller apartment building, even though we'll call it small 45 units is still pretty hefty <laughs> using that to get up to a, over 1300 units today and just really growing your business. So you can take the steps to do what you ultimately want to do by actually just putting in the work, getting up early, staying up late. Absolutely. Great points, James. Really appreciate having you on the show. Thank you so much. Uh, nice to be here. And uh, hopefully you, you, all of you guys uh, get value from this conversation. Absolutely. will. thank you. This is Jason with the Real Estate Investing Foundation podcast. Huge thank you to James Kandasami. Have a great day. Bye now. Thanks for tuning into the REI Foundation podcast. Check back next time for more awesome tips and strategies to launch your new you in real estate.